0: Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. On our program tonight, the Prime Minister and his opponents trade blows over the government's fiscal update and the lack of a detailed public plan on vaccines on a day when a fourth company submits its vaccine candidate for Health Canada approval. MPs will be here to debate and will get an expert view on the vaccine planning. Federal government's fiscal plan is silent on the demand from the premiers for more health transfers. Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs will be here to discuss those demands ahead of a First Minister's meeting December 10th. We'll begin tonight with the continuing questions about the federal government's plans for rolling out COVID-19 vaccines. A fourth company, Johnson & Johnson, has submitted its vaccine candidate now to Health Canada for approval. The Prime Minister insists his government has a plan to deploy the vaccines to the provinces as soon as they are approved. But the timeline is unclear, and the critics, they're not convinced.
1: Mr. Speaker, the general in charge of vaccine distribution in the United States said that all Americans will be vaccinated by June. The Prime Minister has suggested that only a few Canadians will be vaccinated by September. This morning, the Deputy Prime Minister said she hoped vaccinations would start by the summer. Why can't this government give Canadians any certainty on what date they will first have access to a COVID-19 vaccine. Here you go. The Honourable Minister,
2: Mr. Speaker, this government uh, worked hard throughout the summer and secured access to uh, uh, tens of millions of doses of vaccines for Canadians. Uh, We have the most diverse portfolio of potential vaccines of anyone because there is right now no effective vaccine against COVID-19. Countries around the world are working to approve uh, many of the promising candidates, but we don't know which one is going to be most effective, which ones are going to arrive uh, quickly. That's why we secured as a government access to the largest range of vaccines and more vaccines per capita potentially than any other country.
0: Well, let's follow up with three members of Parliament on the questions about the vaccine plan. Steve McKinnon is the Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Procurement. Karen Vecchio is the Deputy House Leader for the Official Opposition Conservatives. And Jenny Kwan is the Deputy Health Critic for the NDP. Good to see you all. Now, Mr. McKinnon, let me start with you. We've, like, we've heard a variety of dates now in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Again, today for vaccines to be available in Canada. Heard some more about details today about cold storage and preparations. Can you tell us with any precision when Canadians can expect to see the vaccinations begin in this country?
3: Well, look, uh, I think we've been pretty clear that this is going to start uh, around uh, to roll out after the new year. But um, Peter, I I think if you'll indulge me for a moment, what's pretty clear is that we don't have an approved vaccine. There has been no approved vaccine anywhere in the world. Um, Regulators are, of course, including the Canadian regulator, which is a Gold standard regulator around the world, but the regulators, of course, are taking up very quickly uh, the case of uh, these uh, rolling submissions that they've been receiving, mm-hmm. looking at cl- clinical trial data. Uh, we're obviously following that uh, entire process. But to be very, fair, I mean, I mean it's closely, true. Some, but some, without there are no, it.
0: we have to. There are no no approved vaccines, perhaps, but countries have detailed plans.
3: Well, con- uh, well, I, I would I would actually put you on the spot on that. We've uh, been very clear that we're working with provinces. Canada has a well-worn immunization process, logistics, distribution networks. We do it all the time, whether it be children in school, whether it be the flu vaccine. 16 million people got the flu vaccine this year. Canada is very good at immunizations. We, of course, are going to supplement that existing uh, distribution system, including by uh, providing equipment, whether it be uh, uh, low-temperature freezers, whether it be syringes, gauzes, swabs, uh, and, and the like. Okay. Uh, so we have a major supply challenge. But, Peter, the plans have been proceeding apace, and normally. Hundreds of people are working on this okay, let me- 24-7, and when a vaccine is ready...
0: You'll be ready it to go. ...we'll be ready to roll it out. Okay, Karen Vecchio, the government points to the Health Canada approvals process as reason for the vaccination Uh, delays justified by the fact that Health Canada wants to make sure the vaccines are safe. So what's wrong with putting safety first? And um, what do you point to to suggest there isn't, in fact, a plan when Mr. McKinnon says, look, it's all happening behind the scenes. It'll be ready to be rolled out as soon as we get vaccine approval.
4: Well, they indicate that it's always behind the scenes, but first of all, I think it is. It's ultimately uh, to ensure the safety for all Canadians, so I understand the health approvals that is necessary. But then we have to look at everything else that goes along that, working with the premiers, working with the provinces, and working they've talked about this rollout, what they're going to do. Are the Canadian Armed Forces going to be part of that plan? What is the plan for our north and for our Indigenous communities? We know that we're in a huge country, so this is not just a small thing that we're taking on. And making sure that we're working with the provinces and territories to make sure that vaccine gets rolled out as quickly as possible
0: but, but do, you, do you see that, evidence that that's not happening do you see evidence that we've had some premiers say look they want more more clarification <coughs> what, what do you point to to suggest canada's not ready
4: well i think specifically the premier speaking out and just saying i i think it's one of those things that tomorrow when it drops that we're rolling to go and and that we want to make sure that the logistics and everything are in place making sure that the airplanes are ready to go making sure that the troops if that we are working with our uh, armed forces that they are trained there's so many things that we need to do here so putting all the pieces in place and when the vaccine comes then roll it out and have everything there. That's just that, something we haven't seen. We haven't talked about the coordination. Uh, they've talked about just getting, we've got all of these doses, but we haven't seen the doses. We don't know how long the approval process is going to be once it does get here. We, Canadians okay. just want certainty.
0: All right. All. Uh, Jenny Kwan, the NDP suggested today, that, look, you know, notwithstanding that there's a process from Health Canada, we should be stockpiling vaccines now. Um, how, how How does that work? If the vaccines haven't been approved, how do we stockpile them in Canada waiting for approval?
5: Well, in the United States, for example, they are in fact stockpiling. So that is to say that the vaccine is being shipped and is being warehoused. And the minute that the approval is uh, done, uh, they will be immediately be able to deploy the vaccines uh, and and for their citizens to access them. Um, we're suggesting that Canada should in fact do the same, and that would expedite uh, the access to vaccines for Canadians who are desperately waiting to get access to the vaccine. Uh, it would help the small business community. It will help. Our seniors, uh, and so uh, y- you know that's something that we should do, and it
0: could potentially save months of waiting. Mister. Mister. McKinnon, is that a, a, an idea worth uh, thinking about?
3: Well, look, uh, Peter. I think the chair. I can say it no better than the chairman of Moderna, who said that Canada is in the front row of nations. Moderna, of course, being two of the now four. Vaccines, all of which we have uh, concluded agreements with, by the way, who have submitted applications for Health Canada approval. Canada, it is said many times, it bears repeating, we have a very diversified, extensive, deep, and wide uh, portfolio of vaccine candidates. Yeah. And of course, when uh, Health Canada approves a vaccine, tells Canadians that it's safe. After an independent process, a rigorous process, then we will, of course, roll that vaccine out uh, according to the contracts that we have uh, established with these vaccine candidates. But today, I mean, here here we are today.
0: That's why can't your government say today, uh, uh, tell Canadians, here, look, here's the plan. If the vaccine arrives on this date, here's what happens on day one. Here's what happens on day two. Here's what happens on day three. Here's how we do the refrigeration. Here's how distribution will occur, how it will get to the provinces, who gets vaccinated first. Where's all that information?
3: The logistics of this are obviously a very large enterprise, Peter. Uh, But again, Canada has a well-worn, vaccine and immunization logistics system we are going to lean into that heavily we're going to supplement that of course as has been referenced with the canadian armed forces with additional equipment with additional materials that we're all of all of which we are procuring and i don't know that it serves canadians to say if on this date this and if on another date that going we're going to do this on a proper all way. Right. we're going to re, we're going to have the vaccine approved then we are going to as moderna has said we're in the front row okay we're going to receive that vaccine yeah. and we're going to roll it out uh, according right. to a plan that we're working through all Karen, Karen, go ahead here
4: well I, I hear all, of, all of the things that he's saying but I think is Canadians want that certainty we know right now that small businesses that families that many people are going through a crisis and right now this is certainty we want to know from our government what is going on and by providing it may not be an exact date but give us a, a, a greater period in time instead of saying sometime in January sometime by the end of, of this first quarter of 2021 those to many but, people but how can they know that, their, how can
0: they know that date without a health Canada approval
4: well, no, what I'm saying, well, you've even asked when, the, when it arrives, when are you expecting it to arrive and start working at that plan? We know, might not know the exact dates, but we do have a be- much better idea than okay. what the government is leading on
5: to well, us believe. Okay, we've Jenny, Jenny let's year. hear from okay. Jenny
0: Kwan. What more should the government be doing here?
5: Well, the government actually basically are just reciting the same old talking points and yeah. they're not giving the certainty to Canadians that in fact they do have a plan. When I suggested that, the NDP suggested that the government should in fact get ahead of the game and that is to say stockpile the vaccine right now and have it uh, 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 you know, in our warehouses ready to roll out the minute Health Canada approves. That will save months in terms of the rollout of the vaccine. They can't even give you a straight answer on that. They're just going back to talking points. And and once you have the vaccine, and once everything is approved by Health Canada, then what is the plan? So tell Canadians right? who can be expected to be at, at the front of the line to get access to the vaccine. How will it be distributed okay. to the provinces and so on? Those are the details that we're all looking for. Those are the details that will give us comfort that, in fact, the Canadian government has a plan. The talking okay. points right. is not doing
0: Ms. it. Mr. McKinnon, let's shift gears a bit here. We only got a couple of minutes left for- So fairly quick answers here, please. I want to bring in the the fiscal update. Uh, Clearly uh, a plan to spend up to $100 billion over the next three years to relaunch the economy, Mr. McKinnon. Prime Minister pointing out today uh, that's a different approach, uh, he says, to what we saw from Conservatives in the recession of 2008. What's the point he's making here?
3: The point he's making is that we're going to see Canadians right through this process. We've been there from day one with supports, income supports, supports for business, wage subsidies, rent subsidies. Uh, We're going to make sure that the PPE rolls out right across the country as is required. We're going to make sure that vaccine gets to Canadians, and that we get through this together. All of the resources for all of those things will be put in place, and we're not going to stop till we get all right, Karen Vacchio, what, right through this process, but but Peter, we're going to need to rebuild an economy. The Prime Minister's been very clear about that. We're going to need to make sure that the supports are there for whether it be women to re-enter the workplace, whether it be for strategic okay. infrastructure, or what have you. We were, okay. we're going to be there we're going to have the resources. Thanks very much. So, okay. I, th- I
4: think the bottom line is, trying to compare the 2008-10, uh, the recession, to where we are now is very different, especially when we're dealing with the health pandemic, this, this entire part. It's just not about businesses closing. It's not about issues with trade. This is an issue where we're seeing full lockdowns of some of our communities, and knowing that people are unsafe going out there with some of the, of the health concerns, long-term care homes, all of these different issues that we have to deal with. I look at the report that came through last night, extremely concerning, because I think at the end of the day, we are looking for a plan. We're looking for a big plan. We're not saying let the economy shut down and then we'll rebuild after. How can we do this in parallel? How can we have the vaccines? How can we have rapid testing? Okay. How can we make sure that we have a strong economy?
0: Jenny Kwan, let me hear from you on, on the plan unveiled by the government. This could be a confidence, uh, some elements of it when they're voted might be confidence issues, and so uh, we'll see where that takes us. But uh, Jenny Kwan, uh, on this plan released yesterday, what are your thoughts?
5: Well, I have to say I was very disappointed with the economic update. You know, Canadians are very, very, very stressed that after- pandemic and you know the government uh, should know that in fact the ultra-rich uh, are making record profits. So I was looking to see whether or not there was going to be any signal that there would be a wealth tax. Uh, and so that on the pandemic profiteering, that there will be some return back to Canadian to support communities during this difficult time. No wealth tax, no uh, profiteering oh, tax, okay. nothing new on housing uh, that is substantive in addressing the homelessness crisis uh, and promises of pharmacare, you know, decades long. And still we don't have any signal from the economic update. Uh, in that regard, and we're in the middle of pandemic. People need right. medication. Next, next thing, we'll be,
0: thank you all. Next thing we're watching for is when some of these uh, measures need to be uh, voted on in legislation. Uh, we'll see where the parties stand on that. Uh, thank you all for your time tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, thank
4: you. Peter.
0: So how confident should Canadians be in the planning for the vaccine rollout across Canada? Let's bring in Ray Watt-Dionand, an epidemiologist at the University of Ottawa, is with us again here on Primetime Politics. Uh, good to see you again. Uh, Ray, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. We, look, we're still getting conflicting timelines from various political leaders about when Canadians will get vaccinated. So as you follow the debate, I mean, how confident are you that there will be a plan and that it will be effective?
1: I'm pretty sure there is something resembling a plan. The question is how detailed is that plan and has it considered all the possible ramifications? We have to consider equity issues, deployment issues, procurement, vaccine hesitancy, all these things, data infrastructure. There's an enormous amount of planning that has to go into this. And I, I'm pretty sure the, the outlines of a plan has been there for a while. It's the details that are probably lacking. And I'm not surprised that the details have not been shared to the provinces yet. I expect that a lot of that is going to be downloaded onto the provinces as well. Because each province probably has its own ethics committee to figure out how best to deploy the vaccine. And each city probably has its own task force to figure out how to procure things like trucks, storage units, stadiums, and school halls to actually have uh, vaccination clinics and so forth. So I'm confident but the details have yet to manifest.
0: Can you explain in layman's terms uh, why if four companies now have submitted their vaccines to Health Canada, it, will, uh, it, it could take well into the new year, it would seem, before the first Canadian actually gets vaccinated. Can you walk us through that process a little bit?
1: Sure. Well, the, the clinical trials are just ending now, first of all, and the Americans have a system called the Emergency Use Authorization that has four criteria for this rapid usage uh, thing to happen. Number one is that there has to be a life and death scenario. We kind of have that. Number two, there has to be a risk benefit analysis for the product, that's happening. Number three, there has to be great effectiveness demonstrated by the product, that's what they're assessing. And number four, there have to be no alternatives and there are no other alternatives yet. So it seems likely that they're going to get emergency use authorization for at least a couple of these products, the Moderna and Pfizer ones in the next couple of weeks because they seem to satisfy those criteria. When that happens, then they can start delivering product to Americans probably sometime in the middle and end of December. Now, when do Canadians get it? In Canada, we're assessing the same data in real time. So to the extent that we can remove administrative barriers like planning for meetings, getting all the data photocopied and distributed those kinds of things we're doing that all we're lacking is the last data point to be shared and when that happens i have confidence that the decision will be made instantaneously about whether or not that vaccine is approved for canadians we should be happy about this we should be happy that we're using our own processes our own scientists our own values to gauge whether or not these products are suitable for us i anticipate they will be because there's not that much difference between our process and the American process, as far as I know. The question about when we will start getting them, that's an acquisition and procurement question. Now that's unclear. We know that we're on the list of the top five countries to get product from Pfizer and Moderna how far along mm-hmm. on that list we are is unclear, and how long it will take for them to actually send it to us, to us is unclear. Uh, but I well, guess that's can, one
0: of the big questions, right? So when Moderna says Canada, look, Canada is in the, in the front row of countries that will get the, uh, the vaccine, will get some of the first batch of that vaccine when it's ready. <clears throat> what does it really mean?
1: Right. So it might just mean a couple million doses. It doesn't mean 20 million or 100 million doses. We're going to need like 70 million total doses to immunize the entire country. So uh, what we care about is when can we get an appreciable quantity of vaccine so that we can get it to our healthcare workers and most immunocompromised and vulnerable in a reasonable timeline. Probably that means spring. You know, we'll start getting some definitely in Q1 the question is how many and there's no way to to answer that question what we can do in the meantime though is make sure that the machine is ready to accept it once the vaccine arrives we can't control for the most part, what happens outside of Canada, we can control. What happens here, we can get the infrastructure laid out. We can get the HR laid out. We can get the the cars rented and the planes rented and all that stuff. So I'm, I have faith that that stuff is being done.
0: Well, what about when you hear, when the government says, look, uh, you know, we'll details to follow. Once we have a Prime Minister said today, once once we actually get you know Health Canada approves a one or more vaccines, then the full machinery of of uh, you know, the full health Canada infrastructure goes into into uh, deployment mode. So, getting the vaccines out, transporting them in uh, frozen, you know, storing them in frozen, uh, you know, uh, in freezers uh, because there's a special storage requirement. Shipping them across the country in refrigerated trucks to the to the different provinces or in, on planes, however they move them about. Is that is that a reasonable uh, defense of why the government isn't rolling out a detailed plan? And say, look, trust us, we're ready to go. And are you satisfied by that?
1: Not really. <laughs> There's probably some details missing that we're unaware of. Maybe some negotiations happening behind closed doors I'm unaware of. It's unclear whether the excuse that we don't manufacture, therefore we cannot control its speed of arrival, is a defensible excuse. I don't know. Um, many people claim that there are some, you know, Uh, some lack of negotiation skill involved that put us later in the the lineup than we should be. Um, But it's one thing to point fingers backwards. I'd rather plan for what we can do in the future. So the second those vaccines arrive, do we have a plan in place for deployment? This is uh, an endeavor unlike any other in the history of public health in Canada. It's gonna require not just human resources and equipment, but planning and management wherewithal. And I keep harping on the data. The data is pretty critical here. Unlike the flu vaccine, where you can just show up to your drugstore or your doctor's office and get it. We need to keep track of who got it and when and what they got and where they got it so that we know how far along the path we are to herd immunity, and when we can start lifting, mitigating tools like mask wearing and distancing. So this is gonna be a really complicated endeavor. I anticipate that maybe part of the planning is figuring out that data infrastructure part and who's responsible for keeping track of
0: all of this. Just got about 30 seconds left here. I mean, how how concerned are you that a a sizable number of Canadians uh, will refuse uh, to get vaccinated? And how, uh, any ideas on how uh, governments and health officials can encourage compliance?
1: Right. So I'm not that concerned for the first few months. I think the crisis in the first few months is going to be meeting demand. We're going to get to 70% for herd immunity. We'll probably get to 50% pretty easily. I think most people kind of want this vaccine. It's that last 10 or 20% that are going to be challenging. So later in the year, I think we have to deploy our, our better public health education tools to convince people of the safety of this vaccine. It's going to help, after it's been around for about three or four months and we see what the real safety is, I think a lot of the hesitancy will fall away. There's always going to be an intractable group that we cannot reach. That's probably okay, because again, we just need 70% or so to reach herd immunity. Mm.
0: All right, lots to, lots to watch for. Uh, Rewa and always good to get your perspective. Thanks again tonight. Thank you. Canada's Prime Minister and Premiers will hold a virtual key meeting on December 10th, the long-promised First Minister's discussions will cover the pandemic response, but really focus on a demand by the provinces for a major increase in health care transfers. And the House of Commons, they debated a Bloc Québécois motion to boost health transfers to the provinces by the end of this year. Here's what the Prime Minister had to say earlier
2: today. We need to do everything we can to support people right now through this pandemic. And that's where the federal government has stepped up to support the provinces with the Billions, $25 billion uh, in safe restart uh, agreements, in uh, back-to-school agreements, in supports uh, for, uh, for vulnerable workers. We have continued to be there directly to support the provinces, including uh, increasing health care transfers significantly this year. While at the same time, we've been there directly for Canadians. As we get through this pandemic, we do need to reflect on the future of our health care system, and that's why I'm looking forward to having those conversations with the premiers. But we weren't going to build in recurrent long-term funding in our economic update when those conversations haven't happened yet with the premiers, and uh, where our focus, quite rightly, needs to be on the contextual and punctual spending we are doing responsibly to move forward uh, through this pandemic.
0: Blaine Higgs is the Premier of New Brunswick. He'll, of course, be on the First Minister's call with the Prime Minister to discuss an increase in health transfers. Uh, Premier Higgs, thanks for joining me tonight to talk about this. Good to see you again. Oh, nice to be here. Premier. Look, just Thank before you. we get to the health transfers issue, let's talk a little bit about vaccines. Are, are you clear on what the federal plan for vaccination is?
6: Well, no, I can't say as I'm clear, but I'm optimistic. I, I feel good that we actually have vaccines that are available um, seven but four that are that are pending very quickly. Uh, we did get a, have a good call last week that basically outlined that we, we should see you know uh, vaccines start to roll out in, in the early January and through the first quarter and we're looking at potentially treatment for 60,000 citizens uh, on a per capita looking at what their, their estimates are right. right now. so that's not confirmed but that's that's what it looks like. And we're working through the logistics through December to figure out uh, how we might distribute that and where the priorities would be. So, so I think it's good news, you know, because two months ago we were hoping to have a vaccine. So I think we should be appreciative that we actually have some on the way.
0: What are the big questions you still need answered if, if, or is there a big question you still need to get cleared up from Ottawa?
6: Well, the big question is the timing of delivery so that we can actually plan the distribution. And, and line up the actual vaccination. So we need to know like how much we're going to get and when it's going to arrive, and um, and that to me is more important uh, really uh, to know in December so we can we can let the public know. I don't think there's going to be a mass uh, you know run to get vaccinated. I think it'll be balanced, but but it'll particularly be balanced if people know it's coming, right? And and we line out who's going to get what and why uh, first, uh, basic you know, basically to the, the vulnerable population and what's what's needed. And so I think that that's what has to be is a good communication strategy of a vaccine that's going to be well rolled out in a timely fashion and available to everyone.
0: All right, let's talk health transfers. Uh, premiers say they want $28 billion, you and your colleagues, more in federal health transfers. No mention of that in the fiscal update. On top of that, the prime minister made the case today that, look, the federal government's already covering 80% of the cost of the emergency spending for the pandemic, suggesting he's doing more than his part to offset your health care costs. Does that suggest to you that no permanent increase is coming? Well,
6: it is concerning, uh, Peter, that that does give that sort of implication, um, that, that that's just the. the- Path forward we'll know on december 10th we're meeting with the prime minister all the all the premier's territory leaders to to discuss particularly the Canada health transfer but but i i got to say that that money that's coming in, i i appreciate as much as anyone through this pandemic and the federal government has been very supportive and reactive in, in in spending money across the country but we're at a point now that we're focused on on recovery we're focused on putting dollars where they're really needed it isn't about a federal political agenda it should be about provincial needs hmm. needs that we're all aligned on in this case of a t- transfer so when you see the economic update yesterday in the federal spending that that's planned i mean you have to say okay well why don't we Channel some of that money into specific requirements that we know we're going to have. Well, for, let me ask. Yeah, yeah years So, to come.
0: when you see the federal government promising to spend up to a hundred billion on uh, a recovery plan over the next three years, that includes national childcare, more money for for climate infrastructure, and so on, but no commitment to more more health transfers, what do you, what's your reaction? Well,
6: that's exactly my concern. Is that is that we need to to manage what we have, and then build on making making it better or adding. But at this point, we have a healthcare system that is increasing in demands daily. Um, we've seen that across the provinces, some more so than others, based on the, certainly the COVID needs, but also based on the demographics. And, and we need to address that. So let's not ignore the challenges that exist every day, every year, um, and try to invent something new. Let's get a good handle on a quality healthcare system that we know is sustainable in all provinces for the future. Ribbon, that you- is the critical criticality are you
0: worried where this might be headed is that the federal government can point to the pandemic and say look you know the funding formula for health transfers will stay the same if we run into a particular problem where you 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 face a big uh you know a, a big hit to your finances because of something like a pandemic or something else then we'll look at that in individual cases and look at perhaps boosting funding that way is that is that okay with you well it 's not okay it 's not reassuring in the one
6: sense, but you know we 're hoping not to have a pandemic every six months or year or, or one hundred years for that matter but but it 's it's, it's like we know the situation exists today on our health requirements so so let 's address that let 's even have flexibility in what we 're currently received in federal funding in other categories so we can we, and i 've said that over a lot of things. Like And in, in if, we, if we're looking at, at uh, money for long-term care, you know, it's not like we all need to go out and build a whole bunch of new buildings because we know that people want to stay in their homes longer. They want the health care to allow right. them to do that. That's, that's what I'm there, talking about. Let's map it out for each province.
0: There was a new billion-dollar fund to help provinces improve infection, protection, and controls in long-term care homes. That was uh, announced in the fiscal update, but there will be strings attached. The federal government would have to approve how you use that money. Uh, and so I'm wondering if that also might concern you, that if there is going to be an increase in federal health transfers, it'll come with a lot more conditions. Exactly.
6: That is my concern. We know what our problems are now. And, we, and one size doesn't fit all. And on the case of, of just building more nursing homes or, or more infrastructure uh, spending on things that we don't particularly need. And yet, and, and we wanna provide a service to people where they live and, and, and for as long as we can, because that's what they want. Let's have that that particular discussion so we can actually use the dollars for what, what the provincial priorities are. This isn't about election. This is about what we've learned through COVID how much better we can be, what challenges we have, not only as a result of COVID, but on an ongoing basis, and and the federal government being rec- uh, recognizing that. I don't know that we've ever had a case where all premiers have asked for something so specific, so direct, that could have been built into the economic update. Uh, it, it, it was disappointing not to see it there, not surprising giving the lead up, but disappointing.
0: All right, uh, New Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs, uh, always good to get your perspective, Premier, and uh, we'll talk again. Take care. You as well. That's all the time we have for this edition of Primetime Politics from all of us here at CPAC. Thanks again for watching. Till next time.